So, of course, in the midst of a federal election campaign, we're going to spend a little time each day talking about some of the issues that come up and how the different parties are approaching them. And uh, yesterday we talked about Indigenous issues, we talked about mandatory vaccinations, things like that. Today on the agenda, we're going to talk about infrastructure. And when you think of infrastructure, when it comes to a federal election campaign, it's not really one that rises to the top. It's not something where, you know, uh, governments will come out, they come out with vague terms, but they they don't often talk about specific projects. Like you talk about the NDP, they talk about social housing and things like that. You talk about um, the Liberals and they want to focus on green uh, infrastructure, things like that. So um, national trade corridors from the Conservatives. They all have their own sort of take on infrastructure, but there's not a lot of specifics. And then there's another issue. And whenever I get a politician on with a funding announcement, I say to them, okay, uh, we've got an election coming up in six months and you're talking about spending this many billion dollars on this infrastructure project. If you don't get elected, does that infrastructure carry over? And in often cases, well, no, the other government will do what they're going to do. This funding hasn't been secured. It's what we're going to do. It'll be in the next budget. Uh, And then, you know, the administration changes and that falls by the wayside. So we don't have a lot of continuity when it comes to infrastructure planning. It sort of changes based on what's happening. And a lot of it is done sort of in a response to an economic crisis. That's a good way to create jobs and get people spending money, right? So um, it it sort of leaves infrastructure as the the forgotten child in a lot of ways. So we're going to talk a bit about how infrastructure is handled during the campaign and what might be a better way of doing it. And to help us walk through that, we have Dr. Kerry Black, an assistant professor and Canada Research Chair in Integrated Knowledge, Engineering, and Sustainable Communities at the University of Calgary. Dr. Black, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, when we take a look at infrastructure and where it fits into the election campaign, it really is sort of vague, right? Like We, we don't talk about specifics very much. It's more about we're going to do more on the social side. We're going to do more on the green side. We're going to do more on the trade side. But it's, it's very vague in, in, in general terms. Absolutely. I think you can kind of expect, you already know before the election is called where each party lands on infrastructure in really vague terms. But I think it's not a, it's not a hot topic. It's not a very glamorous topic. And it's not one that people want to talk about. And when we talk about the political parties and the way they approach infrastructure, it's often has to do, as I said, you know, with um, we're, we're going to do this, but it'll happen in the next budget if we're elected kind of a thing. So we don't have, it's not like we have a national plan. It's all sort of at the whim of the party, which can change, you know, in this case, less than two years kind of a thing, where some of these projects that, you know, should be a focus sort of get bounced back and forth depending on who's in power at that time. There's no continuity. Absolutely. It's a it's a bit of a, a, a chip that they use in terms of how they go back and forth and criticizing one another for their approach. So when we take a look at it, let's walk through the parties, the, th- the three major parties anyway, and what they're talking about when it comes to infrastructure. The Conservatives, again, uh, not a lot specific. Um, they typically talk about trade corridors and things like that, right? Absolutely. It's, it's energy focused. It's increasing trade between within North America and abroad. It's really about the infrastructure that's needed to push the economy from a trades perspective and to push the energy sector. Liberals, um, especially in this campaign, really very nondescript. Not a lot about infrastructure at all, is there? Well, I think they're trying to they're trying to build off of what they've announced recently, just in, in last March with Minister McKenna announcing the 
the uh, Building the Canada We Want in 2050, which outlines the National Infrastructure Assessment. I think they're sort of banking on um, their track record up till now to help people better understand what the direction that they're going to take. And uh, the NDP, and again, it's an example of sort of fitting infrastructure into the ideology of the party. They talk a lot about social causes, housing, things like that. Absolutely. You see a huge focus on on housing. You'll see a stronger narrative around Indigenous communities mm-hmm. and infrastructure in Indigenous communities. But really, it's, it's infrastructure that toes the party line that's already been in place. And there's an inherent risk there, right? Because, I mean, infrastructure, we all rely on it every single day. And um, having it wrapped up in the political realm and the ideological realm really does a disservice to Canadians in general, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's not something that people want to talk about, but really what ends up happening every election cycle is that you've got to put something shiny in front of in front of the voters. And so you'll announce some sort of exciting, you know, knee-jerk reaction, um, basically, around infrastructure funding. And so you'll say, look, we're going to invest so much money into, you know, if I'm, on, if I'm in Ontario, I'm going to talk to you about housing. I'm 100% going to talk to you yeah. about housing and the high cost of, of living there and the infrastructure investments that I'm going to make to encourage Ontario voters to vote for me. If I'm in Alberta, I'm going to push the energy sector. If I'm in BC, depending on where I am, I might push a greener agenda or I might still push that that energy piece if I'm, you know, more in northern eastern BC. So depending where you are in the country, the political parties, for the most part, are actually going to land relatively similar. There's not a whole lot of difference between each of the political parties. But what they say to you when they want you to vote for them is a very different story. But what ends up happening is that no one really wants to talk about how much it costs to invest in infrastructure. Nobody really wants to have a conversation around how difficult it is to really push for infrastructure projects that we all heavily rely on. And when you don't prioritize it, when you don't plan long term, it ends up costing more money. And who does it end up costing more money? Well, the taxpayers. Sure. Would it be fair to say that infrastructure, in a lot of ways, when we do see infrastructure spending brought in by a government, it's usually, as you say, a knee-jerk reaction. It's a response. Well, we've got COVID-19, we've got the pandemic, we're going to throw a whole bunch of money into infrastructure because that'll create jobs and, uh, you know, goose the economy. But it's not really a long-term strategy. It's more of a, this is a good way to react in the immediate. Absolutely. You know, when COVID happened, you heard a lot of people talking about the concept of Build Back Better. Build Back Better actually uh, comes out of a, you know, out of natural disasters when communities are completely decimated by earthquakes or, or hurricanes, and you actually have to build back better. When, in a Canadian context, when we talked about Build Back Better post-pandemic, it, it really had no relevance. We're not building back better, we're just trying to build in the first place. Yeah. And so the, the idea that you could just infuse a lot of money into shovel-ready projects is a huge problem because then you're not getting the projects that are needed. You're not thinking about what the the sheer amount of cost that an infrastructure project takes, not just in capital day one, you know, construction costs, but in long-term operation and maintenance costs. And so if you're not thinking long-term, you're going to have a project that, you know, five years from now needs a heavy amount of, of dollar infusions into it to make it last. So, and we're seeing, I mean, the latest infrastructure reports from the government show that our infrastructure is in bad shape, really bad shape. There's some serious concerns. So how should we be tackling this? Maybe it shouldn't be part of an election campaign at all. Should there be an arm outside of government almost, like, or an arm's length at least that sort of has some continuity and some big picture planning around this? Yeah, I think, you know, getting this outside of the political realm is key because there's no way we cannot move forward without having a solid plan for our infrastructure. And the, and the biggest problem is that you don't know 
say your infrastructure is failing until it fails, or the average Canadian doesn't know that it's failing until it fails. And at that point, it's too late. And so we need to bring it out. We need to get Canadians reinvested around the importance of infrastructure, you know, the pipes that are in the ground, the roads that we drive on. As soon as one thing goes wrong, then it's like, well, where's the money to fix it? But if it's not causing problems on a daily basis, no one cares. And we know how political parties work. If no one's bringing it to their attention on a regular basis, it's not a priority for them. And so we're not talking about it as Canadians, and politicians aren't talking about it because it's it's a it's a lose lose situation yeah. for many of them. Um, so yeah, we absolutely need to get the political rhetoric out of our infrastructure investment conversations. Yeah, we have to stop making the big flashy sexy project that they can promise you on the campaign trail be the issue because like you say the ongoing boring mundane non-glamorous maintenance and upkeep of our infrastructure is probably more important but it doesn't it doesn't excite people it doesn't excite people the roads that you drive on don't excite people until you you know drive through a few potholes the water that we drink doesn't excite people until you raise you know, if you were to raise the water rates um, in any city in, in North America, you'd get a huge uproar. But we pay so little for it, and it costs so much money to actually provide safe, clean drinking water, including the pipes in the ground. But we don't want to pay for it. We want to drink it, but we don't want to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. And as you say, if if, if they can't you know, ring a vote or two out of anything that they're going to do, especially at this time, uh, it, it just gets pushed to the wayside. Tough situation to be in. Appreciate your time, Doc. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Have- yeah. Thank you very much. That's Dr. Uh, Carrie Black, who um, is an assistant professor and Canada Research Chair in Integrated Knowledge, Engineering, and Sustainable Communities at the University of Calgary.